Hi, this is Rose and Masood Ramandi from Perfected by Blood Ministries. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We believe this teaching will empower you to grow into the fullness of Christ and inspires you to walk with Him. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. We believe in you and we know that He will appear in your life soon. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What Jesus Meant series. Uh, this is Masood Ramandi from Perfected by Blood. And uh, I want to talk to you today about uh, the last days, something that is uh, repeatedly mentioned by Jesus in the book of John, in the Gospel of John. And uh, we want to see what Jesus meant, what is written about the last days in the Bible, what is the background in the Old Testament, and uh, maybe bring some correction to our understanding concerning the last days. Because anytime that we hear, or most people when they hear the word or the term uh, last days, they immediately think of uh, the end of days in the sense of there is a day that uh, all things will be uh, uh, changed and uh, that's based on the literal interpretation of what is being written in the book of Revelation. But let's understand what the Bible teaches concerning the last days. What is the last day and what happens in the last day? Uh, first of all, let's look at the verse of the day, what uh, actually we are going to cover, a portion of that, and then we will look into a few uh, verses, both in the Old and the New Testament. Look at John chapter 12. Uh, starting or actually the verse number 48 this is what Jesus says he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day so here we read the, the term the last day and he says the last day uh, in, in the last day, basically, the word that I have spoken will judge you. Okay, so before going any further, before uh, paying attention to what is uh, being said in the context of the Gospel of John, more specifically in the context of chapter 12, uh, let's understand, let's see where is the, ter- where is the first place that we see the term uh, the last day in the Bible. Um, before that, let me just give you um, an introduction to the book of uh, Genesis because we want to look at something in the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis starts by creation and then the creation of man and what happens around man and the prophecies that come uh, because of what happened or more specifically because of the purpose of God before what happened in the garden. Uh, and when the prophecies began, began to be given, God came and started doing what he prophesied. So uh, fast forward, forward to chapter 12 of the book of Genesis, God calls one man by the name of Abraham. He calls him out of that Adamic system. And he says, if you hear my voice, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing to all nations. So all the nations will be uh, blessed through your seed. Then God gives Abraham a seed called Isaac. And from Isaac, uh, then the patriarch Jacob is born. And Jacob is the one that 
uh, God gives him the name Israel. From him, now we have an increase and multiplication of the seeds, which are the 12 sons of Israel. These 12 sons, um, at one day, they are jealous. Basically, 11 of them are jealous of uh, one of their brothers, which is um, Joseph. And what they do, they um, cast him into a pit. And we know the story. He was sold to Egyptians. He went to the land of Egypt. Um, he stayed there. He was in prison for many years. And through many events and things that God did through him, uh, Pharaoh gave him a place in his nation and he became the second in the nation. In fact, he says he was uh, one with Pharaoh in all things except the throne itself. And uh, that was the time that uh, we see the, the other 11 brothers, they come to um, uh, Egypt because of basically the famine they were undergoing and they come because they need uh, grain and they come and uh, through that series of events Joseph makes himself known to them and they come and they peacefully uh, live with him in the land of Egypt and that's the end of the account of uh, the book of Genesis. Now that story is the story of Jesus uh, which is um, according to the Bible he says he became like his brethren which is all of us and uh, he was the one that was delivered to the pit by all of us. But God raised him and he gave him uh, a place in his kingdom. And he became the king of the kingdom. And now he, he's bringing all of us into this kingdom. So the book of Genesis, therefore, is Bible um, summarized in one book. Everything you need to know about uh, God and his dealings with man is already in the book of Genesis. Now, this I said because I wanted you to bring to the last days because everything that happens in the book of Genesis eventually comes to chapter 49, which is the time that all that I said to you has happened. Uh, but Jacob or Israel is about to die. Now he's going to prophesy uh, concerning what's going to happen to his sons. But as we know, the Bible is a prophetic book. It's not only uh, to be taken in a sense of literal uh, fulfillment in the nation of Israel but everything just as I showed you about Joseph there are about things that are being fulfilled in the mystery of Christ so when um, Jacob begins to prophesy over the 12 sons he's not prophesying only over those 12 sons but he's uh, prophesying also about the sons that would come not anymore out of fleshly Israel, but out of the spiritual Israel of God, uh, which is God himself and his sons, uh, the 12 sons, which I will be speaking about this. Now, uh, with that introduction, now let's go to Isaiah or sorry, uh, Genesis 49 and see what uh, Jacob says right in the beginning of this chapter. Verse one, and Jacob called his sons and said, gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. So here we have the first time the word last days being used. And that is in the context of uh, prophecies concerning the 12 sons. So the last days are prophecies concerning the 12 sons. Now when I say 12 sons, the 12 sons are eventually, um, when, when we look at that individually, not... Uh, 
corporately, uh, but individually, the 12 sons um, are the mystery of the sonship, which is uh, all the mystery of sonship is being revealed in uh, the 12 tribes or the 12 sons of Israel, which means you yourself uh, will have been and will go through the story of the 12 sons of Israel. That's just as Jesus himself went through all of this. So, and if you look at after that, he says one by one, what's going to happen? I'm going to read a couple of verses just to get uh, a sense of what um, Job, oh, sorry, um, Jacob was saying. Verse 2 says, Gather together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, uh, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellence of power. Unstable as water, uh, you shall not excel, because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it, he went up to my couch. And then he goes to Simeon and Levi and the rest of the 12. So what we read, these are not, again, um, natural or physical events that they went through. But these are prophecies, again, that has to be heard through the spirit of revelation. But I wanted to show you that the first time the word last days is being used is in the context of the nation of God and what's going to happen to the 12 sons. Now, when Jesus came and he began to be talking about the last days, he was not out of context. He was using what was written and he was proclaiming that as if that which you have been waiting for has arrived. Now, what he said is that um, in the last day, the word that I have spoken will judge you. But before that, let's now go to Isaiah chapter uh, 2 and see another verse uh, concerning this. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1. This is what Isaiah says. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. Uh, again, the word is the last days. So it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on, to on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. So what is he saying? He says the mountain of the Lord's house shall be upon all mountains. Mountain represents kingdom. When you look at uh, Revelation 11, uh, there is a proclamation at the sounding of the seventh trumpet, which says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of um, our God and his Christ, and he shall reign uh, on the earth. Or even if you look at what happened to the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, when uh, he saw uh, that uh, basically statue of gold, um, and basically all the details of that, he saw a stone uh, that was hewn out of a mountain, came and crushed this uh, image uh, on the feet level, and then all of that uh, was crushed into powder and was removed from the earth. That speaks of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, 
to be upon every Adamic kingdom. Now, that means you and me, because we have been a kingdom in ourselves. So what he says, in us, the kingdom of God will become, will begin uh, to take its position. It will be lifted up above all other mountains. It will be, it will be the highest mountain, and that would reign. Now, what, did, what does he say? Uh, after that he says many people shall come and say come and let us go to the uh, go up to the mountain of the Lord the kingdom of God to the house of the God uh, of Jacob he will teach us his way this is very important on the mountain of the Lord we're going to see all of these connected in the book of John he will teach us his way and we uh, shall walk in his path for out of Zion shall go forth the law, that's the mountain, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, that's the city. And now we know uh, Jesus said also, you are uh, the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So this speaks of you being the kingdom of God. You are the one that is uh, basically now from whom the word of the Lord shall go forth. The law of the Lord shall go forth. Now, when I say the law of the Lord, I mean the law of the new covenant, which is the law of uh, the order of Melchizedek, according to Hebrews chapter 7. It says, he didn't come according to the law of fleshly commandments, but according to the power of an endless life. So he says the reason people would be flowing into this mountain is because of the life that is flowing from this mountain. And that is you and out of your mouth. That's me and out of my mouth. And he says all these things are concerning the last day but Jesus when he began to be speaking he he quoted these scriptures and he referred to people of his own time that means when Jesus came on earth something changed that means we um, we came to the end of what was before the last day and we entered the last day but we're going to understand what last day is in more details and then he says he shall judge between the nations so he says this is a day of judgment there will be judgment uh, which again we're going to see in uh, chapter 12 of the book of john uh, and rebuke many people they shall beat their swords into plowshares uh, and their spears into pruning hooks nation shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they learn war uh, anymore O house of jacob come and let us walk in the light of the lord jesus began uh, chapter 12 of basically the book of um, john uh, or actually in the middle talking about i am the light of the world and even right before this verse in where um, that i quoted uh, in the sense of saying the last day my word shall judge you that was verse 48 verse 46 says i have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me shall not abide in darkness that's again the context of isaiah chapter 2 so he says the last day is not something that jesus was prophesying about in future the last day was jesus himself i'm going to show you uh, saying that if you could just see me if you but not me in the flesh if you could understand the spirit what i came to show you that would be your last day and in that last day uh, you will be judged by my word and that would cause you to receive eternal life so the um, the last day is the day that your light is jesus that is the last day now in that last day he says many things would 
happen. For example, let's look at uh, chapter 6, uh, just to show you uh, one of the things that happens in the last day. Look at chapter 6, verse 44. It says, uh, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Once again, that word, last day, I will raise him up. But look at verse 45. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by, the, by God. He says, this is the last day when you begin to be taught by the Lord himself, by God himself. Not anymore um, the teachings that are not from him, not anymore teachings that are a secondhand voice, but directly from the spirit of the Lord himself. So that is being in the last day. And this last day is not time dependent, it's not uh, based on events, it's not based on waiting, it's based on do you really walk in the light or not? That's the question. Do you see Jesus uh, being your light always or do you allow other things to be your light? Meaning other knowledge, other wisdom, other understandings to take the position that Jesus was supposed to be taking being your light and you allow them to be doing that. For example, Mary and Martha did that, which means they allowed other things to become their light rather than Jesus. That's why we're going to see what Jesus said didn't uh, pass into their understanding, but it fell to the ground. And that is the story of Lazarus. We know the story, Lazarus is dead, Mary and Martha call for Jesus, he comes and they blame him because he was not there to heal him. And Jesus said, but your brother would rise again. Now I'm going to pick it up from this verse in chapter 11. And we're going to read together and understand something more about the last day. So uh, in verse 23, uh, it says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. We just read in chapter 6 just that Jesus said, in the last day, I will raise him up. Now here we read, that uh, once again Jesus says to Mary and Martha, your brother will rise again. But Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she's just quoting what she had heard from Jesus. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. So what is Jesus saying? He's responding to what Mary is saying. And Mary said nothing except what she's she heard from Jesus. What did Jesus say? In the last day, I will raise him up. What did Martha say? I know my brother would be, would be raised in the resurrection, which is the last day. Now, Jesus, uh, instead of saying, wow, you believed what I said before in chapter 6, uh, and that's amazing. Instead of saying that, he said, uh, I am the resurrection. So, if he was to be, if he's the resurrection, and according to Martha, uh, he, she expected his brother to be raised uh, in the resurrection, that means her brother would be raised in Jesus. That means the presence of Jesus is the only thing that changes everything. That means the presence of Jesus is the day. That means the presence of Jesus is the last day. That means in the presence of Jesus, you begin to walk in the day of the Lord. That means just as Adam 
God told him in the day that uh, you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in dying you will die that means dying was a process so also in the day of the Lord in the presence of Jesus uh, accurate meaning um, in living you will live if you continue to live you will live just as previously if you would continue to die you would eventually die so this is what Jesus is saying right after that he who believes in me though he may die he shall live and we've covered this in the past uh, we have a video specifically for those who haven't watched you can go and watch it in uh, what Jesus meant series um, specifically the verse uh, 25 and 26 uh, which now Jesus says and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die so he says if you begin to live and in living you live and that means if you continue to be in my presence if you continue to let your light be me not the day of this world then what would happen you will begin to be changed and you will begin to experience something that Jacob prophesied concerning the 12 sons and he said in the last day these things shall befall you so what does it mean in the last day the true fulfillment of the prophetic words would begin to continue to be fulfilled in us and that eventually would bring us to a place that death and every ounce of it every uh, bit of it is being consumed by the life of Christ that is inside of us that but that's what it means to be living in the last day not end times not time of destruction not times of calamities and wars and coronavirus for example <laughs> but it's uh, it's about living in the last day which is the day of the Lord the last day is uh, when as I said the light that you have is Jesus himself that's the context of chapter 12 of the book of um, uh, John now when I say the light now I have to show you something because if you understand this if we all of us understand this and we uh, really make this uh, intimate to our soul uh, these things are very practical when we read about the light uh, the first time in the book of John that we read concerning the light uh, is chapter 1 what do we read in chapter 1 let's look at chapter 1 it says in verse 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made all that we just read is about the word of God now it says in him was life and the life was the light of man so he says if you want the light if you want to live in the light of the Lord if you want to be in the last day what you need to understand is the light is the word the word is your light so if you live in the word if you apply the word that is being spoken to yourself then you would begin to live in the light of the Lord that means you will you're living in the last day and that means he will raise you up the first thing that he would do he would cause your consciousness that was clinging to dust to be raised up and be set at the right hand uh, where Christ is 
and you begin to see yourself as the one that is seated with him. The next thing is out of that place you begin to reign and the flow of life begins to come to uh, now your soul and your body as well. So this is what I'm trying to say. If we apply the word to ourselves, we will be living in the light of the Lord. What do I mean by applying the word? Do I mean applying the Bible? Definitely not. Because if you want to apply the Bible, then you have to live every wicked life that any wicked man also lived. The word of God is not what is being written in the Bible. The word of God is what God has declared about you. The word of God is that which was before the foundation of the world. That's why it says, uh, in the beginning was the word. If you remember um, Romans chapter 8 concerning uh, Jesus, he says he's the firstborn among many brethren. But then he says, for, him, um, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to that same image. And then he says, those whom he foreknew, then he, he also, uh, um, them he called, he, them whom he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. How did this happen? He says, according to the word that you were predestined by. That word is the only truth about you. Now, what is that word? That word is the voice of the Father that comes to the hearing of the Son. The, the, the word of God is the voice of the Father that is being heard by the Son. That we see in Jesus when he was on the holy mountain, the mountain of the Lord, Matthew chapter 17, he heard the voice out of a cloud of glory that called him my son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What happened? The fulfillment of the judgment of God for the son happened. And then he says he was transformed. He basically inherited that which he was predestined for. Uh, when Jesus as a man walked on earth, he walked the walk and he eventually came to the place that he manifested the glory that was within. It wasn't anymore just the glory inside. It was the glory on the outside that was visible and seeable and people saw it. Uh, Peter, James, John, they saw him glorified. They saw him transfigured. They saw uh, him radiating the glory of God. So that is basically what, uh, what it means to um, apply the word of God. What has he declared concerning you? That's what it means to be applying the word of God. James chapter 1 says, if you are only a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, you deceive yourself. Uh, so what does it mean? That means if God says you are so, you are this, and you don't believe it, you are deceiving yourself, no one else, not devil, not any human being, it's you deceiving yourself. Now, uh, therefore, according to uh, basically what we are being, uh, what we have learned so far, the day of the Lord, or sorry, the, the last day is the day that uh, there is a progression of uh, basically uh, living under that light, which is the Word of God. So the Word of God begins to be revealed to you and that uh, revelation knowledge becomes your light and you walk in that light. 
and that causes you to come out of darkness. Now, what does darkness mean? Any knowledge that you have lived by before, any form of identity you had taken upon yourself, any uh, thoughts or mindsets that were ruling you, they were ruling over you because, uh, and you were living under their light, which was darkness. So uh, the last day, therefore, is not, again, time dependent. It's a time of coming out of, in fact, time. It's a time of um, stepping in the day, uh, in the light of the Lord, in the day of the Lord. And we begin, we, we allow God to go through every judgment pronounced uh, in the Old Testament concerning um, any evil that we have seen uh, in the story of some people. Now, let me explain. For example, we see people in... Um, uh, Old Testament that are wicked. Uh, for example, Nebuchadnezzar, he's the one that he, um, he exalts himself. In fact, in um, Isaiah chapter 14, the famous verse that people love to um, assign that to the devil, uh, Lucifer, uh, which has nothing to do with the devil, uh, it's about the king of Babylon. And it's the king of Babylon who was appointed by God to do his will. And then he exalted himself to the point that he now uh, ruled over the nation of God that were in exile in Babylon. And he caused them to worship uh, the image that he had made, not God, Yahweh, the only true God uh, that they knew. And because of that, uh, there, was, there is multiple prophecies concerning what he would do to king of uh, Babylon, uh, to Nebuchadnezzar. Or you can see also other things concerning the king of Tyre. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 28 talks about this. Concerning Pharaoh, king of Egypt, there are prophecies given in Ezekiel chapter 32. Now, what are those things? They're, those are kings of kingdoms that are kingdoms of man, and they all live inside of every human being. They are the thoughts that have uh, shown themselves to be ruling and having authority to speak into your life or into my life. And they are that which were not there. They exalted themselves. That means uh, they have been thoughts that they, we have been living by, but they at one point they exalted themselves. Uh, and that's just because of the experience that we have gone through in this life. Uh, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have um, basically, in, in a negative way, we have handled exactly opposite to what we read in First John chapter 1. Uh, that has become uh, basically our fellowship and that has uh, raised itself up in us uh, against the knowledge of Christ that says, you are my son. And those things have caused us to be under slavery. So we are bound to our own thoughts. Um, and we have proclaimed things under the slavery of the mindsets that we have taken. So our even tongue has become the slave of the mindsets, the thoughts, the reasonings, the um, basically that analytical mind that has been reigning over us. So God comes and he brings the light. How does he do that? He brings the word. What is the word? The truth, the truth about us. And that begins to judge everything else. And that's what Jesus said. If you reject me and do not receive my, uh, what I have spoken to you, I will not judge you, 
but there is one that would judge you and that is the word that I have spoken. Now let me explain what does that mean. We have covered this in the past but once again we're going to go through this. In verse uh, 48 once again of chapter 12 uh, it says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Now let's understand what he is saying. For I have not spoken on my own authority, therefore his word is that which was not spoken of his own authority. But the Father who sent me gave me a command, so the word is a command, what I should say and what I should speak. So he uh, said and he spoke the word, and that was the command of the Father. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Wow! Uh, he says, what you will be judged by is eternal life. What you will be judged by is eternal life. Do you remember John chapter 1? In him was life, meaning in the word. In the word was life and that life is the light of man. He says, the way that you will be judged is by the word that I have spoken. But because that word is life-giving, that is the command of the Father and that would take you out of death, uh, whether it would be uh, death in thoughts, whether it would be death in the body, whatever form of death. That the only way that that would happen is the word that you are applying to yourself. Uh, the word that God has spoken concerning you. What was that word? You are my beloved son. Now uh, this is very important because uh, until um, as long as we remain uh, under the tutorship and uh, teachings of any teaching uh, or any teacher other than Christ himself, we will remain slaves of man. Uh, whether it would be um, religious or uh, whatever form of basically teaching that we go under, uh, in this world. That would, that would keep us slaves. Now Galatians 4 says, uh, when you were under the law, when you were under that mindset, what was happening? You were slaved and you were not a son. But when Christ came, Christ came to bring faith back to the earth concerning what we believe about ourselves. So when Christ came, he brought faith uh, back to the earth. How? When Jesus lived on earth, he lived a life of faith toward himself. When God said, you are my son, he believed it. When God spoke to him anything, he, he, he believed it and he did it. That's why he says the son can do nothing except that which he hears of the father. So the son, Jesus himself, lived in the last day. Uh, that's why he could be even raised from the dead. So his light was not no longer coming from the natural light, but his light uh, was the knowledge of the glory of God that he was receiving. And that was breaking down every shackle, every um, captivity, every bondage. And he was living as a son. And that's why he even was able to let his light so shine before men, just as what he said to us, uh, that they may see his good works and glorify the Father uh, who is in heaven. 
In John chapter 17, he says, Father, I have glorified your name on earth. How did he do this? He allowed the name of the Father be on the Son. The Son become the manifestation of the Father. And because of that, the people saw in the Son the Father that is in heaven. So that they could see they have a Father. And then they could see uh, what it means to be the Son of that Father in Jesus. So the last day, therefore, is the day that you come out of the teachings. For example, when, uh, in Galatians chapter 4, Paul speaks concerning uh, we being under stewards or, and guardians, or basically um, any, um, any child is under uh, stewards and garden, guardians until the time appointed by the Father. But then he says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent his son to release uh, all the children out of the slavery of the tutorship, uh, of the stewardship, of the guardianship, so they can become the sons of the father and they no longer need any tutor, no longer any stewardship, and no longer any uh, basically guardian. Uh, and that what it means is now you are going to be taught not by others, but you will be taught by God himself. Now, that's what Jesus used in the context of last day in John chapter 8. And he connected the last day to be taught by God himself. Let's look at that verse also. Chapter 6 uh, in verse 44. It says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up uh, at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught by God. Did you see it? End of verse 44, he says, I will raise him up in the last day. In verse 45, he explains, he says, it is written in the prophets that they shall all be taught by God. But before that, he said, um, he said, uh, the father who sent me draws you. But then he said, he will, you will be taught by God. So the way, first of all, he says, the father draws you to the son. And the way he does that is by teaching you directly. What does that mean? It doesn't mean drawing you to the person of Jesus in the sense of one man because we no longer know him after the flesh. He, he said, I will go and I will come. And he came in the person of the Holy Spirit. So now he says, what, was be what is going to be happening now is that you will be taught by God and he will draw you to this son that was manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. So you come to the realization of your... Um, your union with this son. So just as things are true about him are true about you. And when you believe what he be believed about himself and you believe that about yourself, you're living in the light and nothing can take you a uh, slave anymore. So he says, therefore, one of the things about the last day, uh, which is different than the days before the last day, is that you will be taught by the Lord. So somebody can live 2000 years ago named Jesus and live in perfect light of the Father, in the perfect uh, word of God, in the perfect knowledge of God, to know the Father intimately, to hear what he says, to see him. And somebody could be living 2000 years later and not living in that day because it's not about time. 
it's about do you are you able to step into a place of beyond natural senses and rely on what you hear from the spirit within because if you do then you will be walking in the light and you can be in the midst of uh, what Philippians 2 says in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation but you can be shining stars in God's heaven why because you have his light in you you can be in the midst of darkness but you yourself can be the light so um, we come back to this place therefore that in the last day uh, what is going to happen first of all you're going to be taught by God he will use his word to teach you and that word that he uses to teach you will judge you which means will set you free from other judgments and will show you who you are and that would cause you to be raised first of all your consciousness out of the dust of the ground to the heavenly realm and then you yourself uh, in the body will go through this now details of this I mean it's beyond the scope of uh, this lesson we have covered this over and over and over if you haven't what if you haven't watched our uh, my resurrection series I would highly recommend you to go and watch that because that speaks of uh, what it means to have this transference of life um, uh, from the spirit into our being that you can already watch but I want you to see the last day that Jesus is speaking of has come it's not going to come in fact I can show you a clear verse in the book of Acts uh, to uh, even see this um, with more uh, proof so let's go to chap Acts chapter 2 where uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has come the, the day of Pentecost has arrived and people are being baptized with the Holy Spirit God has poured out his spirit uh, on all flesh and one man uh, basically Peter begins to uh, preach he preaches the first sermon after the day of Pentecost and uh, people that have been witnessing what has been happening they are saying different things they don't understand uh, they're just walking still in their own darkness and they say these men are drunk um, because apparently they were seeing something that was not natural uh, to them now in response in verse 4 this is what Peter says but Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem let this be known to you and heed my words for uh, these are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day it was morning but this is what was spoken by the prophet uh, Joel and it shall come to pass this is what was prophesied and it shall come to pass in the last days says God that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh was the spirit poured out yes so was it therefore the last day yes because it was written that in the last day the spirit will be poured out that's why when the spirit is poured out we have the fulfillment of what Jesus said it is better for you that I go away because if I don't go the spirit of truth will not come and if the spirit of truth will not come you will not know my word and you will not walk in the light you will not be in the last day so uh, he says what you're seeing is the fulfillment of what was written which was the last day so the the coming since that day basically for for anyone who experiences the baptism of the Holy Spirit he enters the last day 
Now that last day it could be different for me, it could be different for you, it, could, it was different for people that lived a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, because it's not any more time dependent, it's about how do you walk uh, now, are you still going to walk in the flesh, uh, which is darkness, or are you going to walk in the light, which is um, the day? If you walk in the flesh, what you are allowing to do is you're, you're giving permission to the flesh uh, to dictate who you are. But when you walk in the spirit, you allow the spirit to reveal to you who you are. If you walk in the flesh, you will judge yourself, condemn yourself, and kill yourself. If you walk in the spirit, you will see yourself justified and you will see yourself um, basically the beloved of uh, the Father and then you will experience life as well. So this clearly shows us that um, the last day has nothing to do uh, with time. The last day was concerning the prophecies that was given. Even Jesus said, you were waiting for the last day for resurrection, I am resurrection. Now let's uh, see this now clearly according to what we read in the book of Hebrews concerning the last days. Now uh, remember I told you about Jacob uh, who was the father of basically Israel, the nation of Israel and he began to prophesy about the two of sons. Now when we come to the book of uh, Hebrews uh, there is something amazing right in the beginning chapter one that we read, uh, we're going to read together. It says, God at various times, in fact it should be in many portions, God in many portions and in many ways, so many portions and many ways, he used different ways, but uh, each time that he did this, it was just a portion of, he says, um, spoke. So it was a portion of his word. So he used uh, basically different ways and different portions of his word. And he says, uh, in time past, he did that to the fathers by the prophets. Now he is distinguishing that from what we are about to read in verse 2. He says, but has in these last days. Okay, so let's stop here. He says, in the past in many portions, many ways, to the, prof to the fathers, by the prophets, but in these last days. Therefore, anything that was under uh, the prophets was before the last days, and anything after that is the last days. And he said, before that, God spoke through the prophets, but verse 2, this is what is important to understand the last day, has in this last day spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Why would he put heir of all things in this verse? Because he says the son is the heir of all things. Um, but if you, are, uh, if you don't understand sonship, you live the life of a slave. And Jacob didn't prophesy concerning slaves. Jesus, uh, Jacob prophesied concerning the last days and the fulfillment of the prophecy of the sons. So he says, now Jesus is that heir. Jesus is that son. He's the, in fact, later we read, he is the brightness of the glory of the father. So this one is the one that actually has inherited everything that the father has. So he's uh, uh, basically the last day 
uh, is when the language of God is no longer discerned uh, through the words of the prophets because they all, on, they all only prophesied. The last days is the days that the voice of God is heard through the Son because it's no longer prophecy, it's about the fulfillment of the prophecies. It's not about you are going to inherit, it's about someone who has inherited all things. So that is what it means to be having basically the, um, the last days. Now, uh, I want you to see something in the book of Acts concerning um, what I just told you, because it's important to understand how did the apostles who were taught by the Lord himself after the resurrection, especially Paul, uh, who was, uh, who, he, who, who is the one who himself talks about revelations received from the Lord over and over. How did they see these things? Uh, he preaches in uh, chapter 13 of the book of Acts, and he says in verse 32, it says, and he, um, and we declare to you the glad tidings, uh, or the good news, or the word is actually we, uh, we, uh, we preach to you the gospel. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Uh, and it says, that promise which was made to the fathers, okay, we just read in Hebrews chapter 1 that the prophets spoke to the fathers. And it says they only had a promise, but they never received the promise. Although naturally they received it. The land between what was prophesied to uh, Abraham, they, they received it. Uh, God told Abraham in chapter 14, I believe, of the book of Hebrews. Um, Genesis that uh, from the river um, Egypt to the great river Euphrates of the land of Babylon all this land I will give you to your seat and David was the one that actually you can read that uh, in the story in his story that he destroyed every enemy from the river Egypt to river Euphrates and he inherited the whole land and his Solomon his son Solomon reigned in that land so they naturally saw the fulfillment of the promises given to Abraham, but it was only natural. But they are not, they, where are they? They died. But he says now there is something greater. It was the true fulfillment of what was prophesied. And he says that we are now declaring to you that good news, not to the fathers, but to you. And he says that is the promise which was made to the fathers, but God has fulfilled this for us their children. Now he says God has fulfilled the promise. He, he, he has fulfilled the promise for us. This is amazing because he says, uh, how did he do this? In that he has raised up Jesus. He says the resurrection of Jesus is the fulfillment of the, the promises given to Abraham. What kind of, what kind of, okay, let me put it this way. Uh, if I give you a promise that you would receive um, an ice cream and then I would uh, basically give uh, the, the ice cream to, let's say, um, one of your friends, did you really receive it? No. So when here he says um, that God has fulfilled that promise, which means if there was a promise, that means you, you have received the promise. 
if he says that God has fulfilled the promise for us by raising Jesus from the dead, we have to understand, well, you, you, are, you have fulfilled that for Jesus, not for me. But here he says he has fulfilled the promise for us. What does that mean? This is what it means. He says every promise that was ever made, uh, the timing to experience that, uh, or let, let, it, let me put it this way. No man ever received uh, the fulfillment of the promises. But now there is one that has received and that's Jesus. And it says God has used this story to speak to us so we can now preach to you the good news that the time to no longer live under the promises but under the inheritance has arrived. And this is the last day. So the last day is the day that we're going to read this. This son of God who has received the full inheritance, who is heir of all things, can raise me up into where he is by the voice that comes out of himself. The, the only one that can call me to himself is the son of God. The voice that comes out of this son, because he has received the fulfillment. He he's the heir. And Romans chapter 8 also says we are joint heirs with him. That means everything that is lawfully his is mine, is yours. But what matters here is where is your consciousness? Is it fallen on the ground? Is it still uh, creeping on the ground? Or has it ascended? Uh, to be sitting at the right hand where Christ is. This is what um, Colossians chapter 3 says. It says, since um, basically you are raised with him, now therefore set your mind uh, on things above where Christ is at the right hand of the Father. So he says, now it's a matter of changing uh, my, my consciousness and living out of a realm that is not anymore the natural day of this creation, natural night or natural uh, anything that comes through the physical senses, but to be hearing the voice of this Son of God. Let's go to uh, chapter, to John chapter once again, chapter um, 6. Uh, we can read this also. Uh, let's look at verse um, 37 or 36. And he said, uh, but I said to you uh, that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father uh, gives me will come to me and the ones who come to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all, uh, that of all uh, he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him, did you see? Everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. So he says, if you see the Son and believe the Son, you will have eternal life. But chapter 17 of John said, 
um, you have given me, Jesus says, you have given me authority over all flesh that I may give life to them. But this is eternal life that they may know you and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Here he says, but um, everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life. So what does it mean? It means when you recognize what sonship looks like in the person of Jesus Christ, and you believe it, you are already living in eternal life. Why? Because you, you are uh, declaring to yourself that my life, my source of life is in understanding who I am to this Father. And the way that I can do this is by having a model called the Son, uh, standing between me and the Father and take my hand and take me back to where I was with him from the beginning. Now he says that is what it means to be a high priest for the brethren. Hebrews chapter 2 it says he's a faithful and um, merciful high priest for his brethren. If we are the brethren he's the brother and if he is the high priest of the brethren to God. That means God is the father. So he says the story of high priest, God and mankind is the story of the big brother, the father and the other sons. And he says the story of the temple, the sacrifice, the, the priesthood, all of those things that now our consciousness is being awakened into and we are living under those realities and uh, because of that, we are living in the day of the Lord. We are living in the last day. Those things are about to recognize or to uh, receive that which is ours, that which is true about us, to apply the word spoken to us into our heart, to allow our heart to be immersed by this word that says, you are my son, to receive this word that says you are blameless, to receive this word that says you are above reproach, to receive uh, or apply this word that says who can condemn you, to receive this word that says I justify you, to apply this word that says I have glorified you, to receive this word that says when I said you are my son, I glorified you. When you receive these things, what you're doing, you're living in the last day. It's one day of the Lord that in living, you will live. Just as Adam in dying, he died. I understand that the, the Bible says, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. But if you look at the Hebrew, it says, in dying, you shall die. That means uh, human beings have been uh, dying beings uh, that appear to be living. Uh, but their life is nothing but the process of death. So he says, likewise, when you come and you recognize the Son of God, uh, you begin to eat from Him, not anymore from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You begin to eat from Him in eating and in living by that eating, you will die, which means by believing, you will continue to see yourself one with Him because as He is, so are you and as he is so are you and the more you practice this and the more you uh, continue in this consciousness uh, you 
raise your mind from the earthly and you begin to operate from the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ, this is how the mind of Christ sees himself. himself. All that the Father has is mine and all that I have is the Father's. That is the mind of Christ. He doesn't see any separation and he doesn't see def definitely any lack. So uh, that's what it means to be, to be living in the day of the Lord. It's not, uh, sorry, in the last day. It's not a time in future. It's not a time in the past. It's not um, anything or some people would say uh, 70 AD of all, all of that. No, the last day is the day that you begin to live by uh, the, the, the teachings that you are being taught uh, by the Father concerning the Son. And it's, uh, it's also the same day that you are being taught by the Son about the Father. Uh, so what happens, you will know uh, your Sonship through the Father and you will know the Father through your Sonship. That's the two-way, basically, ministry of Jesus to us. So he becomes... Uh, basically a way to the Father in the sense that he shows sonship is the way to the Father. And it, it says also that he also, as the Father, shows us what it means to be a son of God. Uh, now, I want to show you something in Second uh, Timothy, or maybe Second Peter chapter 3. Uh, we have covered Second Peter chapter 3 in the past. Uh, especially if you haven't watched our video concerning uh, the passing of heaven and earth, you can watch that in What Jesus Meant series. But let's look at uh, what we read concerning the last day in Second Peter chapter 3. It's uh, basically the whole story around the day of the Lord in which the heavens and the earth would pass away and then a new heaven and a new earth uh, would be established. But specifically uh, in uh, chapter 3 verse 3 it says knowing this first that scoffers will come in the in the last day walking according to their own lust not walking in the light not walking according to the word spoken about them but they're walking according to their own lust what does that mean they're living by the knowledge of good and evil they're not living by allowing the life of the tree of life to be their light so they can walk in it they are not walking in the revelation knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is now about the church. This is not about unbelievers. This is the, in the last day, just as uh, it has already come, the day of Pentecost came. Everybody was, uh, basically the, the spirit was poured out. The last day came. He says, in the last day also, uh, there would be some people that they would still walk in their own lust and they would not... Uh, they would be also scoffers concerning you. And remember that happened even in Acts chapter 2. It says they said these are, they, they mocked, they scoffed, and they said these are drunk men uh, concerning those who were baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit. Uh, but now here he says, even beyond that, now when you begin to dive into the depths of the mystery of God and you understand how the, the transformation process happens and you realize that the kingdom is within and not without, he says some would scoff and he says they would say, they would walk in their own lust and not in the light of the Lord, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers uh, fell asleep, all things continue to be... Um, 
continue as they were from the beginning of creation so they don't understand they see everything natural in the outward realm and they say nothing is changed therefore the Lord hasn't come yet the Lord has come the Lord has been living in his people uh, Jesus said I will not leave you I will come to you I will not leave you as orphan he said I and the father would come and live inside of you so um, either he was a liar or what he said was the truth and if it was he says now people say where is the promise of his coming and he says you don't understand the promise of his coming the promise of his coming was that he would come and live inside of you it wasn't that he would come once again outwardly to you and again we have covered this uh, concerning the coming of the son of man all of that you can watch in what Jesus meant series and uh, here he says but some this is all because they are they have forgotten something let's see what they have forgotten verse 4 for this they uh, willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water he says it was by the word of God so remember Jesus said in the last day my word will judge you and he says now that word where is it coming from it's not coming from heaven it's coming from the spirit within that's why we have this um, thing uh, or this uh, term this um, saying of Jesus over and over in the Bible in the Gospels and specifically in the book of Revelation saying he who has ear to hear let him hear with this what the uh, spirit says what the spirit says the word and where is the spirit inside of you so where is the word coming from the spirit within so how would you be judged by the word that comes from the spirit within and he says that means the promise of his coming first of all he came is inside of you but he will continue to come in the sense of allowing the word to come and he says that word is your light if you remember now he says some people don't understand this but verse 7 says but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word word are reserved uh, for fire until the day of judgment and the perdition of the ungodly so remember uh, Jesus said heaven and earth would pass away but my word will not pass away that means what will judge heaven and earth is the word is the word of God that means the realm that you had lived in the past and you were that creation of the old that would pass away because the newness the freshness of a new word of God coming to you causes that to pass away so you when you begin to accept you are a son you will put away slavery you don't put away slavery to become a son you put on the son to put away the slavery you put on the new man so you can put off the old man or in putting on the new man basically you're putting off the old man because it's not it's not the old man is not um, something that you can uh, basically grab hold of and cast it out uh, it's simply the thoughts that need to be changed renewed you are being renewed in the way that you see yourself so that's something that again we read concerning the last day but we see almost the same thing uh, in second timothy chapter 3 that says but now this 
uh, know this that in the last days once again perilous times will come for men will be lovers of, lovers of themselves and it goes through through a list um, in and uh, basically in verse 7 says always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth so he says they are uh, in the context he's talking about the church he's, he's not these letters are not being written to people that are outside they are given to the church and th this is about different mindsets that are in the church and he says just as some walk in the light of the Lord some others continue to learn but never come to the knowledge of the truth what is the knowledge of the truth the word of truth is the gospel of your salvation Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 uh, they never understand what this mean they never understand what was the purpose of uh, everything that we have uh, from the law and the prophets to the person of Jesus Christ what is the story and they think these are all about outward things. They, they think these are all about uh, things that once again Jesus would do outwardly. And uh, that's why they don't come to the knowledge of the truth of the word that they read. So because of that, they become scoffers and they scoff and mock those whom, uh, to whom the Lord reveals the mystery. Now, 2 Peter chapter 3 concerning uh, Paul says that uh, Paul in all his epistles speaks of these things but the unlearned and untaught twist them to their own destruction so he says again these are the people that know the scriptures uh, but they don't read it through the spirit they don't understand it that's why they don't get it so um, just to summarize uh, the story of the last day is the story of living in the day of the Lord you can be living in 1900s you can be living in uh, 2020 you can be living in um, 100 uh, AD you can be living 2000 years ago or 2000 later uh, from now and uh, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all it matters whether you realize uh, the importance of your true food uh, which is going to give you life and you begin to live by that food and that is the word of God and that is the word of sonship that is the word that the father speaks to you concerning your sonship so um, because I, I mean it's clear that he says that the whole reason that Jesus died he was fell to the ground was to bring many sons to the same glory so if we if we fail to recognize this we have failed the whole mission of god um, basically jesus on earth it was not to glorify himself it was to glorify uh, basically uh, many others uh, and make uh, them like himself it's like uh, a grain of uh, wheat that falls to the ground that dies and when it comes out when it's sprouted uh, you have the blade but then you have the sheaves and in each sheave you have multiple grains so out of one seed you have an, an increase a multiplication and those seeds are exactly like the other seed so the whole story of Jesus is is has nothing to do with 
coming to say, hey, see who I am, believe in me, otherwise I will cast you into hell. Uh, the story of Jesus is to come and say, hey, see me and believe me uh, concerning yourself. See who the son is, who, see who a son is in me and believe it about yourself so that you can have this eternal life. Uh, famous verse, John chapter 3, verse uh, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him may have life. Believe in who? Believe in the Son. Uh, doesn't mean believe in Jesus in the sense of, uh, which is something that is being preached over and over. If you believe Jesus died and He was buried and after three days He raised from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, that's again reading the letter of the law. It means if you come to experientially acknowledge that you died with him, you were buried with him and you were raised with him, you begin to receive that salvation um, power into yourself by which your mind is being renewed and you don't see yourself anymore as a slave, but you see yourself as the son of the father. That's what it means that you may have everlasting life through the only begotten Son that was sent to you, that you may believe Him and have that everlasting life. And that is the love of the Father for all of us. So hope uh, this was clear and uh, meaningful to you. Uh, you can begin to uh, basically look to um, a few verses before and after of everything that I read for you because it gives you the context. Um, especially, I would highly recommend if you have never studied the book of John, please do yourself a favor and study it from the beginning to the end because you will be amazed. Uh, it, it's a very simple book in, t in the terms, in, um, uh, in the way of basically the words that are being used. It doesn't have those uh, basically biblical terms like justification and righteousness and redemption. No, it's all about the light and love and the Father and the Son and belief and faith and bread and wine, things like that. And uh, it's so easy to read them and just um, basically um, skip over some of them. Uh, so I would highly recommend to pay attention to what you're reading, grab um, a bunch of um, color pencils and uh, highlight things. See how many times the word, for example, sun is being used. Look at uh, any place that the word judgment or judge is being used. Uh, look at, uh, for example, the word testimony in the book of John uh, and see what, what, what Jesus was saying. Uh, look at the word life and eternal life and see in the context of one book, what is this message? that we are reading. Or other thing, um, the word, the, the, the word, uh, word. Uh, pay attention to that also and see what is this word of God. If you uh, go through this, you will see a clear understanding of uh, basically uh, the whole story of uh, sonship and the father. Anyways, um, um, until next week, the uh, blood of Jesus may be your portion in your conscience and um, uh, continue to grow in him and if you need any help uh, we can help you we have a platform uh, called members uh, pbb membership um, you can access to it you can go to our website uh, even you can see the link in the bottom of this video go and check there's three different um, plans with different courses uh, up to seven courses that you can benefit from it will drastically change the way you see uh, yourself and the word of god until next week, um, 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Rose and Masood Ramandi. We hope you stay connected by subscribing to our podcast to receive latest teachings to keep you growing in the knowledge of God. If you would like to support our ministry to continue spreading the fragrance of his knowledge, please visit our website at perfectedbyblood.com forward slash donation. For more teachings, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash perfectedbyblood. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter yet, go to perfectedbyblood.com forward slash sign up and sign up. You'll get a free ebook called Unveiled Word, a simple guide to understand the Bible. You'll also be notified about new articles about our ministry updates and our upcoming brand new online courses. And if you're ready to take your life into a whole new level to go deeper and go bigger in God, make sure you grab my book. The Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. When you order your copy, you're really supporting our ministry and the message we carry. And you'll also be getting a book that it will reveal to you how you can stop trying to fulfill God's supernatural plan for your life through natural means. Instead, you can receive the power of His mercy through deeper understanding of God's compassionate heart. This book helps you to change your mind, believe in God's goodness, receive His involvement in your day-to-day life, and finally, lift up the burdens off of your shoulders. It's called The Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. Thanks for tuning in. 